And hello everyone, this is Rich Sports Talk, and I'm Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We're back at it, reacting to the New York Jets. Of course, the first preseason game of three is now officially in the books. I'm going to give you my thoughts on this game. Of course, we're going to get into the guys that really stood out in this first preseason game. But we're going to have to start off with Zach Wilson, of course, the biggest topic around the New York Jets. Obviously, he's the second overall pick in the NFL draft. And I feel like I have to do this because I think it it should be obvious, but I don't think it's obvious. And I'm going to say this again. It's the preseason. I think that we need to calm down. And I think one of the reasons this preseason is so hyped up is because really this is the first time fans can go and watch these games. Like even last year, there was limited capacity, but for the first time, especially in the New York area, this is the first time you've been able to see the Jets in well over a year live. So I do think that that adds to the energy. And one of the things that I saw was a good reaction from most of the fans about Zach Wilson's performance, and I thought it was pretty good. Six of nine, 63 yards, led them to a field goal drive. But a lot of people kind of were like, eh, he had a quiet night, wasn't great. And I kept hearing this over. Well, it wasn't a Justin Fields performance. Oh, did you see Trey Lance? Like, did you see that performance? It wasn't that. And I have to say, we have to relax a little bit. I think Wilson looked calm. He had good throws in the pocket. There was a couple times he forced it. But the big thing for me was he was two of two for plays over 10 yards, converting on long third downs. And he would have had another one if it wasn't for an offensive pass interference. But then he came back with a 13-yard play to get him to a fourth and one. I thought he looked fine. I thought he looked good. And I'll get to this offense in a little bit. One of the things I think that's very interesting for this year, and I actually think it's a great thing for Zach Wilson, but... I think that we have to also be realistic in comparison. I would compare him more to Trevor Lawrence. And you look at their stat lines and the the from their performances from the first game, both Wilson and Lawrence are very similar. Now, why am I saying that? Because both of them are in similar situations where they're going into the number one defenses. They're going to be the clear starter from day one. Don't believe Urban Meyer when he says there's a competition. There's no competition. Trevor Lawrence is starting day one. And what I mean by that is people are going gaga over Justin Fields and Trey Lance, who were playing against the third stringers who likely won't be on the roster. And I get Zach Wilson was playing against backups, but you also have to keep in mind the situations. Zach Wilson's similar to Trevor Lawrence in that They're on teams that had bad seasons. They're young rosters. They're both rebuilding. Both have first-time NFL head coaches. Where you look at the other teams, people are like, oh, Trey Lance looked great. Trey Lance is on the 49ers, who should be a Super Bowl contender. They were in the Super Bowl two years ago, and if it wasn't for a plague worth of injuries last year, I mean, it was incredible how many injuries they had in early. They were going to likely be another Super Bowl contending team with a great head coach. You look at Chicago. Chicago was in the playoffs last year with Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. They have a lot of talent. They, they're they a pretty good team. Even Mac Jones, I mean, people were like, oh my God, Mac Jones looks so great. Mac Jones didn't want to throw the ball down the field. I think he threw it once over 10 yards, and I thought Zach Wilson looked a lot better and a lot calmer than he did, and he went against guys that are likely going to be in the league where... 
you looked at Mac Jones, he was going against third stringers who are likely going to be on the practice squad. But I thought Wilson looked good. I mean, people were like, well, where was the wow throw? We didn't see him throw the ball 40 yards down the field. But I also think that it's clever because if you are the Jets head coaching staff, I think that they're being very smart because why are you going to show off the playbook and why would you want to show off what Zach Wilson could potentially do in the preseason? You don't want to give people free film and free ways to scout Zach Wilson. I think that what they're doing is very smart, but you can see why Wilson fits in this offense. Quick reads, quick release, gets the ball out exceptionally quick, has some good velocity over the middle. Like You saw that in the game, and that's why they drafted him. That's why they've put him as the franchise quarterback, and I think it's a great fit. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, he didn't have that Trey Lance play. Oh, he didn't have that Justin Fields play. He is in a similar situation. Once again, like Trevor Lawrence, they're on teams that are rebuilding. They're likely not going to compete for the playoffs this year. Where those other teams, they should be in the postseason. And it's a question. I think Fields is going to start day one. I just think there's going to be so much hype in Chicago that they're going to want to do go with him. Trey Lance, it'll be tough. I think he's pushing Garoppolo. But I think ultimately Garoppolo gets at least the nod the first week. But overall, I thought Zach Wilson played incredibly well. He looked calm out there. The biggest thing I was looking for was, does he look nervous? Does this moment look too big for him? And he looked calm, cool, and collected. Made some big conversions. And the biggest thing is, you can tell this Jets offense isn't going to ask him to do too much, which I think is a smart thing. Ease him in there because... They're, they're going to be able to run the football, I think, this year. And one of the things you heard in from the training camp and one of the things I've been observing is that they've had struggle in pass protection. I think they did a better job last night in the game. But the one thing that about this offensive line that no one was questioning was their run blocking building. I mean, Elijah Vera Tucker wasn't even in there, and they were just opening holes. And you can see this running back by committee. They have a lot of different running backs. And that's what San Francisco is. And a lot of people are going like, well, San Francisco, you know, they're innovative and they are innovative, but it's about the run game. And you could tell that this Jets team, they're going to want to run the football, keep it in manageable situations. That's not to say they're not going to take advantage of Zach Wilson's arm and take some shots down the field. But I think that what you saw last night was more motion in the first drive than you ever saw under Adam Gase for two years. And you saw more innovation (laughs) in one drive than he did with Adam Gase. I mean, this offense looks competent. They look like they know what they're doing. And the strength of this offensive line is run blocking. you got Mekhi Becton, Morgan Moses. I mean, these are some really great road graders. And then you put Elijah Vera Tucker in there. I think this team's going to be able to run the football, and they're going to play time of possession. It's going to be similar to, I think, what Rex Ryan's team looked like in 2009. Obviously, in terms of how they're going to run the football, keep it manageable for Wilson and I think that this is going to be a fun offense to watch with the different motions they're not going to be a team that I think is going to want to throw the ball 45 times a game I just don't see that they have the weapons on the outside that will help but this is a running offense this is a system that's predicated on the run and I think you're going to see this team run a lot because they have the stable running backs that they do and the offensive line play to back it up Now, if we look on the defensive side, one of the things I noticed was two big things. I'm going to start with an individual, but then one thing that really stuck out to me, which I think is great, 
And of course, we'll talk about more offensive players, including one of the hottest topics out of Jets camp, which is Denzel Mims' role. But one thing I thought was very interesting was, and I think this is what the preseason also tells you, is when you look at the starting units, that's who the teams are looking to pencil in right now. Now on the offense, Elijah Moore didn't play, so I'm curious to see where he would have been penciled in. It looks like he is good to go for the second game, but we will see. But one of the things I did notice was with the starting units on the defense was uh, Hamza Nasruddin, the safety now playing linebacker. And we've heard he's having a great camp. He's a playmaker. He's flying all over the place. He was with the starting units. He started right next to C.J. Mosley, and he was making plays, including a forced fumble. You look right now like he was flying over the field, and if he's a starter for this team and can contribute, that's going to be a great pick for Joe Douglas Gang, a guy that's going to be a starting linebacker in the sixth round. And we've seen this with this Jet defense. Uh, I'll get into the defensive line in a second, but the back end especially, they might not have a lot of talent, especially at the cornerback position, but the one thing you've noticed is this team is definitely a lot faster. They have better speed around the corners and on the edge, and they got some athletes in the secondary. We know about a lot of the conversion players that they got on day three, but there's no question these kids are athletic, and I'm interested to see if Nazarudin still holds that outside linebacker spot, but for now, I mean, after that strong performance in the first game, I think it's going to be hard for him not to be on the field. You've heard the coaching staff rave about him. Uh, Another guy that I think has carved out a nice niche for him, and I was really high on this guy last year too, and I want him to get more playing time. And I was curious to see what was going to happen with the scheme changing to a 4-3, but he seems to fit this just as well was uh, Bryce Huff. I did an episode after the 2020 draft about Bryce Huff and how I thought he could be the steal of the undrafted class because I had a third-round grade on him, and the Jets were able to get him as a priority free agent because he's a bit undersized, but he has great speed coming off the edge. And last year had two sacks. I was curious to see what would happen this year. I thought he should have gotten more playing time last year. But then with the scheme change, a lot of people are going, oh, I don't know if it's really going to work because he's a 3-4 outside linebacker. But they put him in at the defensive end spot and the pass rushing situations. And you can see the speed. Two sacks last night, getting around the edge. He's another player. Like, you look at the depth of this defensive line. All of a sudden, this Jets defensive line looks pretty good and has some great depth. I mean, we're not seeing Curry out there. We're not seeing Quinn and Williams out there, but they have some depth. And really for the first time in what feels like forever, you feel like the Jets actually have a legitimate pass rush. I mean, this fan base, we've been used to the last decade, probably decade and a half of defenses that were great on the back end, but to get any pressure, they had to blitz. And you look at what the front office has done this offseason. It's all been about the defensive line. And now you're looking at guys that they're converting from the old regime, the old scheme, and now putting them into this new one like Bryce Huff. And it's looking like it's going to pay dividends, especially because they have depth. Like this is a position on the field, like one of the few positions with the Jets. You're like, wow, they got some depth here. And Bryce Huff as a pass rushing specialist could be a guy they bring on third down, third and long, get around the edge, and he's really looked really good. And I've heard a lot of great things out of camp, but you saw it in the game against the Giants, really came around the edge. And the really exciting thing 
about the Jets' defensive line performance was that was against the Giants' starters and the starting offensive line, I mean. But still, you looked at the Giants, and if you're a Giant fan, you come out of that preseason game, you're like, this offensive line's supposed to be better, and the Jets just, they just dominated them. And this is even without Quinton Williams, like I said. But if you're a Jet fan, you have to be excited about this unit because I understand the corners are concerned, but you were seeing the depth. And one of the guys that really stood out was Jonathan Marshall. I mean, this was the six-round pick that they had, the last one in the draft. Sack and a half, including a safety. He was doing a really good job in the mill. And this is the guy that we haven't heard anything around at camp. I mean, you hear about... You know, Lawson at camp, you're hearing about, you know, Huff at camp, you're hearing about Rankins. I mean, Marshall really is an afterthought, and a lot of people are like, who is this guy? Like, where where did they get him? But he was a draft pick, a lot of high upside on him. I don't know if he'll make the opening day roster, maybe practice squad, but you just look at the depth that they have at this defensive end, defensive line position here going, okay, they, they can get after the quarterback a little bit finally, and that really stood out to me in the game last night was the front four, especially in, in being able to get pressure without blitzing. That's going to be huge for this team. Once again, Huff played a great game. I'm excited to see what role he has. And Jonathan Marshall made, made a nice name for himself in the first game, really stood, stood out on the tape, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he could have as well. But the final thing we got to get to is uh, one of the hot topics in Jets camp is Denzel Mims because, you know, we've looked at the depth chart and really coming into this game with the way the depth chart was stacked because Berrios and Elijah Moore this out, looks like Denzel Mims is sixth or seventh on the depth chart. And I give him credit. He had a great game, three catches, 51 yards, including that angry catch where he was able to break a couple tackles, taking the quick slant and just able to get the first down. And you hear the coaching staff rave about him covering kicks the other night. Like, he just wants to be out there making an impact. But it's going to be fascinating. And it's it's a bit of a bummer for Jet Banks. I think so many people were excited to see Elijah Moore. Obviously, he didn't play because of the injury. But it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens with Mims. And Mims, Mims unfortunately, has gotten a bit of a raw deal because he came into camp last year with the injury, missed a lot at the beginning of the season. By the time he got in, the Jets were just a mess. And then this offseason, he had the food poisoning, lost 15 to 20 pounds. And really, there's no question to me about Denzel Mims' talent. I think Denzel Mims can be an impact player in the NFL without question. The question's going to be... Where does he fit on this roster? Because what you saw yesterday was probably what he can do best, which is use his physicality on a simple route. But this offense is really predicated on great route runners. And coming out of college, that was never his strength. And he's one of those guys that he fit the old Adam Gase scheme a lot better than this new scheme. And I know it's a hot topic because, you know, people want Denzel Mims in there and I get it because the Jets have had this history especially second round picks over the last 20 years where they're not only bad but they are disaster picks and really the only second round picks that have been good for the Jets in the last 15 years have been David Harris and Marcus May 
And I get where Jet fans are coming from because the team has invested a high pick in him. But I also think people need to remember that even with the second round pick, the Jets, they traded back to get more draft capital. They traded back spots and they ended up with Mims. So even when this team drafted him, they felt like they could get him later or if they missed on him, it wasn't the biggest deal in the world because they traded back. It wasn't a situation like with Elijah Moore this year where the Jets basically sprinted to the podium the second he was there at 34 in the second round. It's very different. And, you know, it's funny too because fit is such an important thing, especially offensively in the NFL I mean, LaMichael P. Ryan has had a great camp. He looks like he's still going to fit in this offense now. He's not the typical running back you like to see in this offense, but he's, I think, going to carve out a role for himself as really the pounding running back, the physical guy in between the tackles, which is a running back that you'll see used in this system, but not exclusively. You have to remember that this offense is completely different and the guys that they targeted and they went out and the Jets did their homework we forget they went out in free agency they got two guys that fit this offense exceptionally well in, in Cole and in Davis and the Jets looked down and got Elijah Moore they never thought they were going to get Elijah Moore so all of a sudden this group like the defensive line is filled with depth and depth that the Jets didn't think they would have and they've even kept Jamison Crowder I mean, you look at the depth of wide receivers for this Jet team, and they even have Vincent Smith above Denzel Mim. And the concerning thing for Mims is that play was great, but it was against the third team. Now, I've heard this rumor a lot because of his position on the depth chart, which is, are the Jets going to trade him or cut him? The Jets are not going to cut him. They're not, in my opinion, going to trade him before the end of training camp. Just because, unless they get an offer that just blows them away. And I don't think any team really is going to do that. But if this team gets in a couple weeks and the receiving core is healthy, there's no major injuries to the receiving core, and Mims is just sitting there as the sixth or seventh wide receiver, and a team comes to the Jets who's been decimated by injuries and offers a second round pick or a good mid round pick in the upcoming draft. It might be hard to turn that down just because he's not being used on this team. And he still has a bright future because don't forget, I don't think Crowder is going to be on this team past this year because his contract will expire. So could they hold on to him for another year because he's still going to be on contract and fairly cheap? Absolutely. But it will be very interesting to see how this Denzel Mims saga plays out, but I give him credit. He played well. He made some plays. He made the coaching staff take notice. But for Jet fans who are worried about this not working out, I understand that, but you also have to understand, too, that the circumstances have dramatically changed for the New York Jets in the last 12 months. They have a whole new offensive scheme that fits a certain skill set that really isn't Denzel Mims' strength, and on top of that, They've gone out and invested in the wide receiver position with two free agent signings and also a high draft pick that they didn't think they were going to have. So the dynamics of this team have changed. If you were to tell me if the Jets only got Corey Davis and didn't draft another wide receiver, then absolutely Denzel Mims would be a big part of this team. But because 
the way free agency fell and the way the draft fell for the Jets, they are looking at a player that it's a bit of the square peg round hole situation. But I got to give, once again, men's credit, play exceptionally well, made some plays, but it will definitely be one of the big topics that we will continue to discuss. We'll look at the next preseason game. We'll give our reaction, see how Mims does, see where he plays. I think that's going to be the telling thing in the second preseason game if this team plays the starters for at least two quarters. We don't know how the Jets are going to handle it, but to me, the big telling sign is where does he play in the game? If he plays above Vincent Smith in the next game, he's moving up on the depth chart. If he doesn't, it's showing that they like Mims, but he's just not in the pecking order right now. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our New York Jets content, especially our reactions after every Jets game, including, of course, the preseason. So much to talk about. We will have the second preseason game reaction up for you on the channel when that game takes place. We'll talk about Zach Wilson. We'll talk about the depth chart, what guys are stepping up, which guys could potentially be playing themselves out of jobs. There's so much to get to on this team. I promise you, you're not going to want to miss this either here on YouTube or, of course, on wherever you listen to podcasts. Just look up the name Rich Sports Talk and we will be there. And of course, if I'm missing any players you want me to talk about or players that you think are making an impact that I didn't talk about in this episode, make sure to comment below and I will make sure to get them in the next episode. But until next time, I'm Nolan Rich and this is Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us.